It's Friday, November 18, and this week on the Game on Australia podcast, Dan. Uh, you ready? No, I can't help myself. Oh, there I am. Oh, the old, that old chestnut. You've been for like the last 15 minutes looking at your phone going, wait a minute, what it, yeah. wait, wait a minute, fuck, it doesn't pick up Omega, come on. Hey, um, right. we uh, didn't get into the top podcasts last weekend. Oh, what? Yeah, so. That's fucked. Yeah. Fuck you. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, whatevs. Whatevs. But that's why we're hey, working. you can't, working. Be, number one you can't be number one every week. Yeah. Um, okay, so <clears throat> coming up in the Game on Australia podcast, uh, the top three news are just going to be one bit of news today because the Game Awards you. have been released, the nominations, and they had some choice words for No Man's Sky, <laughs> which we're really excited to tell you about. Yes. Um. We're going to get into what are you playing. I have, uh, I, as I mentioned last week, I think when you were having a go at Bajo from Good Game uh, about Fallout 4, yeah. I picked it up from Target for 27 bucks, started playing it, and I totally get what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that as well. Um, what's this about sex? Uh, or- oh, hang on a sec. Sorry. That was just the internet going off because something happened that people should know about. Actually, we'll tell you more about that when we do our retro uh, old school pick of the week. Uh, what's this about sex you want to talk about? Uh, all will be revealed, Pete. Okay. I can't tell you right now. Yep. Otherwise, I'd have to kill you. Put your pants back on. <laughs> okay. Game on! Game on! All right, here we go. One, two, one, two, three. Game on! Game on! It's game time! Excellent! Game on! Game on! It's game time! Excellent! Game on! Game on! Game on! Game on! Taking a photo! Yeah, we're good! Taking a photo! <laughs> Where are you going to put that? Photo! Facebook, Game on Australia Facebook page Thank right you. now, my friend. Hey, uh, speaking of Facebook, can I just say a quick shout out to Richard Cube? Hi, hi Richard. Hi, Richard, uh, who got in touch with us uh, overnight, Dan. Yep. Just saying, mate, just go make another podcast so I have something to listen to while I am bored at work. Oh, fantastic. Thank I you, love Richard. hearing that. Thank you so much, well Richard. Done, Richard. Thank you. Um, so much to get through. Let's kick off with uh, our top three news stories, which is just going to be one because it's pretty big. Jeff Keighley has dropped a YouTube video today. The Game Awards for 2016 nominees have been announced. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Game Awards 2016 nominee announcement. I'm Jeff Keighley, and in just over two weeks, on December 1st, the entire gaming industry will come together in Los Angeles to celebrate gaming, the most powerful form of entertainment in the world. And you can watch the live show online from anywhere in the world. But now it's time to reveal some of the nominees as selected by 28 leading global media and influencer outlets amongst eligible games that were released before November 24th, 2016. That guy sounds like every person I've ever gamed with online. <laughs> hey, hey, mate, how are you going? <laughs> oh, hey, how are you going? I'm so good. Thank you so much. Okay, let's game. From America? <laughs> yeah. Um, I sent Jeff Kelly a tweet. I said, would you mind coming on the show to tell us what you told everybody else about No Man's Sky? Yeah. Um, so thanks. Anyway, Jeff, sorry Dan just said that. <laughs> sorry. Not sorry. That's That's sorry. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was pretty funny. I know exactly what you mean. Playing Overwatch with uh, Americans. Americans, mm. um, Immortal Sid. Mm. Shout out to Immortal Sid, who mm-hmm. I play with a fair bit. Hi, Immortal Sid. And uh, all the other guys from the US. Yep. Hey, are you guys there? It's- Have you played Sombra today? <laughs> yeah. 
It's so funny because you meet, you do get to, when you game online, you get to meet people of all sorts of um, orientations and, and um, situations and places that they live and come from. It's a um, very interesting place to meet people like that. It's a beautiful thing. Mm. Gaming, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, but as you just mentioned, yeah, the 2016 uh, noms have been announced. We'll get to Game of the Year very, very soon. But first, I just wanted to touch on this. Uh, Jeff Keeley, um, the, the reaction to No Man's Sky. Remember we were talking about this when we first kicked off the podcast because that was roughly when No Man's Sky sort of came out. It was yep. about you know two or three months ago now. Yep. And everybody went absolutely mad for it. There was huge hype over No Man's Sky because there was something like, I don't know, 16 quintillion planets. They developed this algorithm where you could just, you know, it was just planet after planet after planet after planet. And after, I think it was like, I don't know, like a day or something, finally somebody reached the center of the universe and it wasn't all that much chop. Yep. The game itself, overhyped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And speaking with Polygon, Keely from the Game Awards uh, revealed the show's renewed focus on gameplay over pre-packaged clips. So they're actually going to be diving deeper into games and gameplay off the back of No Man's Sky. And what he said was, I've thought about the story of No Man's Sky a lot. Um acknowledging the game's presence on both last year's The Game Awards and its original debut during the 2013 VGX Awards, which he also hosted, uh, may have contributed to a black hole of hype that the developers couldn't pull themselves out of, which is totally warranted because it did. The second that it popped up on the screens, everybody was losing their minds. But a few of us were sitting there going, well, no one's actually played the game and you're getting, it's almost like deer in the headlights over the quintillion, um, like Mm. the, numerous and unlimited amounts of planets that you could actually explore. Yeah, yeah. Um, Again, we've mentioned this before, but it's like, you know, it's people telling you the greatest movie of all time. You've got to go and see it. You've got to be careful because you could be disappointed, right? Absolutely. And a game with that much hype is probably going to disappoint. And people were paying, people are still paying, you know, $70 to 100 bucks when this game first came out. Yeah. And all of a sudden now you can't find it. You can find it for like 15 bucks on eBay and stuff <laughs> Bargain like that. Bargain basement. People are just whatever. <laughs> the bargain bin. Uh, Keely goes on to explain, there's a good moral of that story, and it's part of what I'm trying to address this year, to have developers be more transparent about their state of uh, game, okay, about yeah. the state of their game, which is interesting because the developers behind No Man's Sky were at one point being investigated. Yeah, right. Yeah, because they because of the things that they said versus what they actually uh, ended up executing. That's uh, when things get serious. When you're getting investigated, you, you've got to look at <laughs> what you're doing. Tell me about it. Um, <laughs> to change things up, Keely explained the show will have deeper looks at game premieres, including four- to five-minute preview segments to provide a little bit more context to what players can expect from these upcoming titles. Uh, shall we get into the reveals, Dan? Mm-hmm. We're so excited. We should. Okay. Best multiplayer uh, for 2016. Recognizes the best online experience, including co-op, head-to-head, and massively multiplayer. Those nominees are Battlefield 1, Gears of War 4, Overcooked, Overwatch, Rainbow Six Siege, and Titanfall 2. I really, I really feel like... Overwatch has got a it's it's got to be the one. I don't get me wrong. Battlefield One was you know it was it was big in terms of the lead up. Yeah. A lot of people looking forward to it. Got great scores. Uh, same with Titanfall Two. I I almost hope that they don't get the gong for this because they haven't been out long enough. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, I it's like when you see um you know music award shows where yeah, Taylor, yeah. Taylor Swift scoops the pool yeah. with an album that I feel like she only released the other day. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, right. Yeah. I, I want to see Battlefield 1 and Titanfall 2 win next year. Next year. You know, if they want to actually win. That's I feel a very like- good point, Pete, actually. You make that very Thanks, good Dan. point. Thank, Thank you, Dan. Thank and you. you know what? I'm, I think Overwatch should win it based on what you've told me. 
Um, not only just because it's a great game, but also just the everything that it delivered. You know, the the um, the little YouTube clips that you showed. Well, me the, stories, the, the stories that those YouTube clips that you're talking about are the stories that they developed for characters. You know, to to give you a greater emotional investment in the game. Yeah. Um, you know the way that they released Sombra, where it wasn't just a here you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's here's November. It's yeah. November three. Here's a new character. Yeah, yeah. No, they had for two solid months uh, an alternate reality game that had the entire Overwatch community pumping and trawling through maps yeah. and uh, behind the scenes stuff and uh, Blizzard boards. You know where people were having discussions and stuff. I think that the amount of effort that they pumped into that game on and off the console and the PC, I think, is well worth the award. Uh, all right. Next one, best mobile game. And those nominees are Clash Royale, Fire Emblem Fates, Monster Hunter Generations, Pokemon Go, and Severed. This, i a little bit disappointed to see this. I understand it took the world by storm for about two and a half weeks. Pokemon Go. Yeah. And it's also uh, nominated in the family games category. And I, I think we should talk about that too. That's a family game, right? Because see, I've played in that category. So the category, I'm trying to find it now. The categories are- Lego Star Wars, yeah. The Force Awakens. Played that. Uh, Skylanders, Imaginators. Played that. Ratchet and Clank, Dragon Quest Builders. I haven't played that. No, neither have I. I've played, because um, my kids are right into both Lego. Oh, I love those Lego games. They're, They're awesome. Great. I've got the Lego movie game. That's fantastic. Um, and a great- a bit like Goldeneye. Remember Goldeneye actually sort of adapted from the movie and made a game, and that's what made it so great. That's, yeah. that's all it played. This is very similar. So you play a lot of the missions out of the movie. Yep. And it intercepts with um, scenes from the film. So it's you actually feel like you're in the movie because the graphics are so good compared to the movie graphics. And they do a great job of being a little bit cheeky as well. Oh, that's yeah. the one thing I love about like, the Lego games. They're a little yeah. bit they're a little bit pull the piss. Lego Star Wars is hilarious. There's yeah. so many funny bits in there, you know, and it takes I mean that that the latest film you'd argue was um, fairly dark. A few dark things in it, you know. It's um, the rise of the empire again and that kind of stuff. Oh, Kylo and, Ren stabbing yeah. his dad Han Solo yeah. and throwing oh, him off a bridge. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> damn dark. Pretty dark. But the um, and I haven't got to that bit yet in the game. But they do bits, you know. So and I'll give you the classic example. That opening scene, that really great scene in the opening scene of the movie when the Star Wars, uh, the, sorry, the stormtroopers are all in the ship and they're coming down to land on that planet trying to find BB-8 with a plan, right? Yeah, yeah. And the lights are flickering on and off. Yep. You know, and it's like you know, and it's very atmospheric in the game. Yeah. There's a Star Wars guy playing with a light <laughs> with a light switch. Stormtrooper playing with light <laughs> switch. <laughs> You know, that's hilarious, it's right? Great. It's and that's great. um that's where those games are great. And they're great for your kids because it's multiplayer at the same time, you know, four pl- up to four player mm. if you can afford four controls. Um hint Xbox semi two controls. <laughs> um you know, it's great. We're gonna go absolutely wild the day that somebody actually sends us something. <laughs> it's gonna be the greatest thing that ever happened because we've asked so much over the past eleven, twelve. And got months. nothing, nothing. Uh, we're not going to go through all of these. No. We'll put this up on the Game on Australia Facebook page. Um, all the categories, so you can actually have a decent look and go through them. Best sports slash racing game. Uh, <laughs> the usual suspects. Yeah, FIFA 17, of course. Uh, Forza Horizon 3, which is the one set in Australia mm. uh, right in our backyard, which is pretty cool. But I don't know if that'll get it purely based on that, because uh, obviously these awards are done in the US and it's not G'day USA over there at the moment. So no. uh, MLB, which is Major League Baseball, The yep. Show, 16. Yep. NBA 2K17, Pro Evo Soccer 2017. You're a Pro Evo man. I, Have you played am, that yet? No, I haven't. And um, it, I'm about due, actually, because it's every couple of years. I, I don't buy into this whole releasing a game every year. Like, what can they do different? You know, I know they do different things, but I reckon the 
evolution for those games are about a two year period. If you've got, if you, if you can only afford a certain amount of games a year, yeah, I'll buy one of those every two years. So I am due to buy the new Pro Evo. Um, I would hope it's in there because it's pretty good because they've, you know, I started playing international superstar soccer on the, um, on the Nintendo 64. Yep. And that's how I started into the Pro Evo thing. That's why I've always stuck with them because I've always loved it. And the Pro Evo is so hit and miss. And the couple of hits that I've played have been, oh, you know, addicted, right? Yeah. Setting up Master League, my own team, the Fremantle Dockers. (laughs) (laughs) If you're in the US, listen, the Fremantle Dockers are a team here in the AFL, Australian Football League. Yeah. Um, Uh, Never won a premiership. Um, Got close once and didn't quite get it. And uh, they've won a few premierships under my uh, command in soccer. It's the only way that the Fremantle Dockers get the gongs. By playing them in the game. Exactly. And um, I would hope it's in there for that reason because, I, and I guess it would be because it's probably one of the top five sports games of the year. Um, in saying that, it could be a sympathy thing too, you know, they've got to, because soccer's such a big game in the world, so I don't know, but yeah. anyway. And shout out to everybody out there who's in our boat as well, whose sports team in real life that you actually follow. <laughs> you play them in these sports games or name your teams these sports games, so at least at some point you can look like the team has won, you can pretend that the team has won oh, something I'm great. Not, I'm not the only one? No. <laughs> Definitely not. You should see my FIFA 13 profile. We'll do a couple more. Best Game Direction. Acknowledges outstanding creative vision and innovation in game design and direction by a studio. Those nominees are Blizzard, DICE, id Software, Naughty Dog, and Respawn. Again, my pick out of this is Blizzard. And can I say, this is a really important category and probably one that most gamers wouldn't pay too much attention to, but having been in the film and television game that I've been in for 10 years, yep. direction on any kind of set or um, production is really important because it creates the tone and the and the mood and the vibe. It's all about the vibe for the game. Absolutely. So if you've got characters, and I'll give you a classic example. Um, there was a game on uh, Xbox 360 called L.A. Noir. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was, a, it was um, lo- lots of voice acting, and it would have taken a lot of direction to get the right intonations and tones on what the characters were saying to get the different and it didn't quite nail it i felt that's where it lacked because it went into this whole facial recognition type thing interesting that you say that because i you know when it came out and again this might have been overhype a lot of people saying tick the box they they reckon that it nailed it but why why didn't you feel that it nailed oh, it? i felt the um visuals did but the actual direction and, and the um performance of the voice actors wasn't mm. always there and that's the director sitting there going no cut I didn't feel that one. Can you do it again? A classic too is when um, we've talked about this before too, but when um, the actually going back to FIFA and Pro Evo, FIFA always nail the commentary. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Right? Pro Evo, not so much. Um, when, and we've talked about this before, but the, when uh, gaming companies in Australia have dabbled in making a game for AFL, they get these great commentators in to um, provide the commentary for the game, but the, the delivery of it, is quite average. So you kick a fantastic goal and Dennis Committee will go, that was a great goal. <laughs> you know, like, you know. Centimeter perfect. You, and having done a bit of this stuff, you've got to get him to say it eight times in, in eight different ways. What a great goal. Great goal. Oh, that's a great goal. You know, different ways to deliver it. Yeah. Then you've got options then. And I guess almost like a um, algorithm in the game as such to, to, to match up what happened to that commentary. Yeah, well said. It's a lot of foresight. Like, it's, it, it's it not just a and lot of work, but it's a lot of foresight Visualisation, well. you know, you need yeah. to... And these guys are generally pros. You can tell them to dolly it up and say, you know, just imagine someone, you know, uh, I don't know, um, 
Matthew Pavlich kicked the goal from 65 metres out. How would you co- commentate that? And they will work because they, they're, that's what they do. Yeah, so yeah, they yeah. can do that. It's yep. just not a matter of getting one take and saying, cut, that's it, you know? No, game direction is so important. Big deal, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, final one, of course, the big one, game of the year. For the best experience across all technical and creative fields, those nominees are... Doom by id Software. Play dead. Overwatch by Blizzard Entertainment. As the world teetered on the brink of anarchy, a new hope arose. An elite international task force charged with ending the war and restoring liberty to all nations. Overwatch. Soldiers. Scientists. Adventurers. Oddities. Guardians who secured global peace for a generation. Under its steadfast protection, the world recovered. And today, though its watch has ended, its soaring ideals of freedom and equality will never be forgotten. Titanfall 2 by Respawn. the things I've seen on the battlefields of the frontier, the pilot is the true dominant force. Fast and agile, graceful yet devastating, perceptive, resourceful, and relentless. A pilot sees the world differently. Your walls become flanking routes. Pilots fight differently. Experienced in deception and maneuver, even overwhelming odds shift in their favor. But what truly separates the pilot from all the grunts and machines of the battlefield is the bond between a pilot and a titan.
a Titan, a pilot can only be stopped by overwhelming force or an equal. The frontier has been the only home I've ever known. For years, our lands have been destroyed by the IMC, forcefully taking our resources, polluting and destroying our planets, and killing us off if we try to resist. Despite recent victories at Demeter and beyond, we have a long way to go before the IMC is defeated. Now, I serve as a rifleman in the militia, fighting to free the frontier. I'm a long way from becoming a pilot. But when that day comes, I hope I can live up to the honor. Uncharted 4, A Thief's End by Naughty Dog. Nathan Drake, that two-bit thief. Risking it all for some piece of treasure. I guess that's how they know me. How they'll remember me. This, this is going to be tough. Um, my picks would probably have to be Uncharted 4 and Overwatch. Overwatch. I'm surprised Titanfall's in there again, Titanfall 2, but I've heard, I'm not surprised because I've heard it's a great game, but it's only been out for I just, what, three weeks. As we said at the beginning of this channel, I just feel like it's early. I feel like it's too early to be putting something like Titanfall 2 or Battlefield 1 into but, these categories. But maybe these guys have had the game for, the you know, the, the judges have had the game for three months. Yeah, quite possibly. Maybe so. Mm. Mm. Uh, good luck to them all. Yeah. And we'll find out in the coming weeks and bring you the details on the Game on Australia podcast Facebook page and also in a soon-to-be Checking It Out podcast. So, absolutely. Now, um, we'll get into now in what you've been playing. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to start with you today. Yes. Um, what are you playing, Pete, <laughs> currently? So, I'm playing... <laughs> tell me a story. A <laughs> little bit late. Let me tell you the story, Dad. A <laughs> little bit late. Uh, Fallout 4. Yes. Mm. A game that I've played before and uh, subsequently traded in at JB Hi-Fi. Right. So I got, so you know. I got Fallout 4 because I couldn't pass up the opportunity because it was $27 a And, and you, you have to. I mean, have to I would it. have been more upset mm-hmm. had you not bought it. Now, um, you last week in the podcast were having a go at Barjo and Good Game on the ABC. Yep. Because his review alone made you go out and get Fallout 4. And, and waste 70 bucks. Right. And you that could, I got for about 20 bucks. Now, back on the you trading. consider it a waste of 70 bucks because you said there's just, what is it? Too much, too many side quests? I just got nothing out of that game. I loved the story premise. I loved the graphics. I loved the atmosphere of it. But I just did not achieve anything out of that game in the probably five hours I spent playing it. Mm. And I just didn't feel it. And mm. I, um, again, guilty of a game that I probably went in with way too much belief and hype in based on a guy like Barjo who I, you know, I know he's, he's probably the most respected gaming critic or reviewer in Australia. Or one aside, of from us. aside from us, obviously. Aside from us. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's got a bit of street cred, but he's, I clearly remember, I don't remember exactly what he said, but I clearly remember the, um, almost 
insisting that any gamer worth their salt has this game in their library, but I just didn't get it. Yeah. And I'm a gamer worth their salt, I would have thought anyway. Yeah. And uh, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Barjo. Barjo. Hey, Barjo. <laughs> hey, Barjo. I'm a talk. Dan. Barjo! This king game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. Tell me about it. Okay, you know what? I completely understand where you're coming from now. Yep. I've sunk a few hours into it. Yep. And I'm not even past the first area where you first start. Yep. All right, because I've been too busy talking to some random bloke yep. um, th- th- about, you know, I don't know. I, d- I don't even know what we talked about, you know, because you can talk about them forever. Here's, here, are, here are some of the things that, that have happened to me while I've been playing this game and I've thought to myself, why? Why am I even doing this, right? Beds. Why do I want to make anybody a bed? <laughs> why do I want to craft anyone a bed? When you save the first crew of Minutemen from the first town and then they go over to your... your essentially, what you've done is you've gone... I've saved you guys, and I've given you a place for you to yeah. now stay and populate, <laughs> and you want me to, to fix some fucking beds for you now. Get, get stuck. You can go and get stuck, right? I've done enough for you guys. Do what it am I, a bed maker? Jeez, and you know what? He's just standing there in front of a tree. Yeah. He's standing there in front of a tree yeah. doing sweet call, yep. and he wants me to make him some beds. Yep. Get stuffed. Um, Rock up to this other bloke who's just sitting down on a chair at, at a quarry. I'm loving this, by the way. And he's like, hey... Can you help me fix some busted pipes? Because I'm too scared to get my feet wet. Piss off. Go and fix your own busted pipes. And then you go and read some little booklet, and apparently there might be a monster in there or something like that. So he wants me to bust my ass oh, going it. in there I love this to so fix much. some pipes. Yeah. And I went to go and fix some pipes, and I couldn't find yeah. the, the stuff that I was meant to. So stuff him. He can go and get stuff too. You know, what's, you know what has made me... This is, this is what's happened to me now, right? This is what happens to me with games like this. Yep. Because I... I did I did get a little bit of a feeling of, oh, actually, this is kind of cool. Once I started getting deeper into the game. Yeah. And it was the same thing for me with Skyrim. Oh, yes. The Elder Scrolls. Yep. Right? So it was the same thing with me for, for Skyrim. First sort of couple of hours, I was like, oh, my God, there is so much stuff to do. And I haven't even played a, a half hour of this game yet. Mm. I'm not even out of the first town. I'm not even off the first street. Mm-hmm. What's going on? But then I had a week off and just got stuck in every single day while the wife was at work. Mm. And all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, this game is amazing. This game is huge and I love it and I love everything that I'm doing. Yeah. But I had the time to pump into it. This was you know, five, six years ago when I didn't have a child yeah. and a ridiculously full, full-time job. And all the rest of it that comes. Yeah. I don't have that time to do no. this now, right? And this is the problem. A guy like Barjo, which we'll bring up in another podcast, I'm sure, but a guy like Barjo is paid to review games. It's his has job. all the time in the world. So he can sit there for 12 hours a day, yeah. legitimately, play this game and go into every little nuance and stuff because he can. I haven't got the bloody time. Yeah. So- I have not got the time. It's It has, it has done, it does terrible things to me to the point where I don't get frustrated and take the game back. I push the envelope inside the game and become a bit of an anarchist. (laughs) So the guy who told me to make some beds, I shot him in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he deserved it too. The guy who said to me, um, (laughs) will you go into the quarry, into the giant lake and fix the pipes? I did my utmost best to try and push him into the quarry. Like, that's what I end up doing now. You become an anarchist because you're just so frustrated with the game. You're just like, I don't want to do this. I'm just going to see what happens if I blow this guy's brains out. I love it. And you know what happens? They start attacking you and you can't beat them. So no, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you just die. And that's the problem too because you, you, the people that take this amount of time in a game to create this, you know, 
big world and the stories and stuff, you know the ending's going to be good. Yeah. But I just haven't got the time to get there. Yeah. So you have to call it. Mm-hmm. I would have 20 years ago, but not now. So we're calling it. Uh, if you've got the time, great. Get amongst it. I know we're a little bit late on this, but if you don't have the time, go and get Doom or something. Put it on easy mode and just run around and shoot yeah, things definitely. in the face. Um, I've been playing Gears of War 4, which I have. Yeah. I was very underwhelmed with, and I think I mentioned it the other week. You did. You mentioned it two or three podcasts ago that yeah. regardless of the uh, great scores, that the places that we go to for our game reviews like IGN and GameSpot and, well, and they only Kotaku. Gave us, uh, I saw seven, seven and a half, so it's not... I think know, IGN gave it a little bit more. Did they? I think Kotaku did the same thing. Okay. Um, it's got a pretty good career score, uh, a community yeah, score okay, as well. Okay. Yeah, okay, so yeah. I... Um, but it's one of those games that regardless of review, I was always going to buy because I've had fantastic experiences on all three before. Um, but last night, my gaming, co-op gaming uh, partner, Ronnie Corbett. Oh, yes. We, yeah, we, we should have, have a ding every time I mention him because I do mention him every game. Hang on a sec, wait. <laughs> <laughs> How good is that? I love it. <laughs> we haven't played for about two weeks and I uh, we finally hooked up last night for a bit of co-op gaming to play this game, continue the mission. And we, about an hour in, we're like, you know what? I re- we're almost done with this game. Like, we, It was boring, right? Grinding boring and uh just give a really basic overview of how the game has gone you start off doing a bit of a retro fighting the locusts it's all great and then all of a sudden it's in the new world and marcus phoenix has disappeared and you're you're i think you're his son and you're just around in this world and then you all of a sudden um one of them upsets the robot army and all of a sudden now it's robots right and this is what we were saying last night it's like they've taken all the enemies the, the locust enemies there's a there's a you know big boom shot guys little um flesh-eating things that sort of roll up and try and hammer you on your legs. They've just replicated all those enemies in robot form. Yeah, right, okay. Right? Yep. So that's lack of creativity for a start. But then also... That's the same gripe that I had with all of the reskinning of enemies for Destiny in the correct, DLCs. Right? Yeah. 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 And then, but the other thing, the great thing about the Gears of War was using the long shot, which is a sniper rifle, and popping someone's head, one of the locust's head, it would just a explosion of blood and you'd see the headless corpse. Like, and it was fantastic. But you haven't got that with these robots. You shoot them in the head and they're just like this bit of electronic stuff and they just fall over. Oh, yeah, of course. And it was like lame, right? Yeah, yeah. So we were literally an hour in last night and we were both saying, oh, well, maybe this is it. Maybe we just go and like do a full out four and trade it in. And then there's this plot twist that comes out of nowhere, right? And this is a spoiler alert. So if you have, are playing the game and don't want to listen, maybe fast forward 20 minutes, I don't know, <laughs> 10 minutes. Um, but essentially uh, Marcus gets uh, kidnapped by a f- this fleshy type thing with blood and gore and stuff. And then all of a sudden it's back to a different set of enemies, but they've got the blood. They've got the, so you get the impact of cutting them in half with a chain, the, the retro Lancer, which has got a chainsaw on it. You yeah, know, yeah. All that stuff that's, it's back. And it was that plot twist that we didn't see, see coming. We were bagging the hell out of them saying how lack of, how, you know, where's un- the uncreative story? they've been, where's the story. And all of a sudden it's there. Now we're like, we're, you know, we, it, Instantly changed our attitude to the game. Instantly, we pl- end up playing for another hour and a half. So I didn't get bed till last night till t- quarter to twelve. Which nice is work, way past That's, my bedtime. You know how long has it been since you've done one of those? Oh, a long time, right? Yeah. And it's simply because the game surprised us, and we loved it. And we were laughing because we we're thinking, imagine being at um, who makes I don't know who makes Gears of War four, but whatever the company is, the Coalition. The Coalition, is it? Yeah, it's the first one not to be developed by Epic Games because all oh. the other ones are done by Epic Games. Okay, all right. Sorry. Coalition's done this one. Okay, yeah. So imagine if, um, so Epic Games made the first three, but the Coalition uh, Gaming Company has made the fourth. Imagine, we just imagined when they talked about this whole tricking the gamers into thinking it's robots and then some um, little, you know, 
minion in the meeting goes, excuse me, I have an idea. How about we, at the a quarter of the way through the game, we change out the robots and make them fleshy, you know, with bl- blood and guts. Oh my God, that's such a great idea. You oh get a key, God. you get a key to our executive bathroom. Uh, and he goes home, hey mom, I got a promotion today. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this guy 19? So we're, Reinvigorated. Love the game. So we'll see it out now. It's a really good plot twist. It got me thinking about other plot twists, and I can't really think of too many. Um, I've got one for you that yeah. blew me away. I don't know if this comes under plot twist or... No, you know what? It is a plot twist. And it's also another thing that we've been wanting to talk about for ages, which is a game that rewarded you, that you felt rewarded when you got to the ending. Right. Yes. Excuse me. Bioshock Infinity. Yes. Right, great, and, great series of games, and the 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 reason why, right? Like you you go to the I've had to go back to the wiki because I haven't played it in ages, mm. right? And you get to the wiki and it goes. So you're probably wondering what happened at the end of Bioshock Infinity. Now, when a wiki says that, mm. it means that me and everybody else who's played Bioshock have gotten to the end, beaten the game, mm. and gone. What the hell just happened? Mm. Right to the point where I had to go through and find half a dozen different sites that that explained to me what it what it exactly was that mm. I just saw. The best way I can explain it is, um, have you seen Looper, Bruce Willis? Oh, uh, no. Like, he figures out that he has to, spoiler alert, kill himself in order to prevent the things that have happened taking place. Oh, yes, 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 yeah. yes. So, this is pretty much... What in happened? that sort of way, this is pretty much what happened in Bioshock Infinity, yep. and it blew my mind. Yep. I never played Bioshock 1 and Bioshock 2, but Bioshock Infinity made me go back and play those games. Yeah, right. Very interesting point. Yeah. And it's the, we've, you know, sort of an underlying theme of our podcast is that great games are great stories, generally. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a plot twist I've just remembered is Red Dead Redemption, the original, and this is a spoiler, but I'm sure most people, you know. Sorry about all the spoiler alerts know, in that, today's we'll, podcast. We'll call this a spoiler episode. <laughs> um, you know, you, you play as um, John Marsden, I think his name is, for the whole game, and you're so emotionally invested in the guy. The guy's a, a legend, you know. And then the last scene, no matter what you do, you die. Yeah. Right? No matter how good you, you know, you just get end up getting absolutely yeah, which leads itself into Red Dead Redemption 2, which is great. Please tell me you weren't expecting that. You had oh, no didn't, idea. I, that no, I honestly thought, oh, well, great. This is the final scene. I'm going to shoot. And, and I, you get killed. And I love that. You know, yeah. like it was, it was emotionally, it actually really affected me because, like, oh my God, like I died. You know, yeah. what, what, you know, and I was thinking, what could I have done differently? But it turns out you can't. You just die. It's no just matter, the way it is. It's the way it is. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's fantastic. So. Good on you, gamers, <sighs> gaming companies. Good on you, gamers. Thank you. Um, can you explain to me <laughs> what this sex thing is? All right. Please. Okay. I went to Melbourne last week for a conference, as you know. Yeah. And I got talking to my boss about this particular thing. Now, I'll start with um, my little story. So back when I wasn't originally gaming, I've been gaming for a long time, but I was about 15, 16. There's a lot of games on the Commodore 64 and Amiga 500 that lent itself to a 16-year-old boy's discoverings of his own sexuality. Come, said the boy. It's pretty much, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, good, yeah. good segue. Um <laughs> Uh, on the Commodore 64 and the Amiga, was, there were a, a very famous series of games called Strip Poker, where you'd play, there's a whole bunch of girls and you'd play them, and there was an awful 8-bit, you know. Boobs and stuff? Boobs and... and like, like with Duke Nukem 64 when you uh, go into the strip club? Better than, like, these were, these were actually what they were, were just 8-bit renditions of obviously a centerfold, right? Shake it, baby. But she, yeah, but she'd say, <laughs> yeah, but she'd go like, oh, honey, what if, you know, she'd talk it up. So it was all text, but, yeah. you, you know... 
But it's to a 16-year-old boy that, you know, a Target catalog would come in the mail and I'd be excited, right? This yeah. is the kind of guy I was, right? right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So it was a, a bit of a, um, <laughs> without getting too uh, sorted here, it was a sort of a, you know, like I used to love playing it because it was not only the thrill of seeing a naked woman, but it was also you were playing a game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ledger Suit Larry. Oh, you know, hands down, hands down, right? Hands down, not my pants. No, 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 hands down. Yeah, just well, well, like, yeah. but to see to see that, you know, the the, the naked eight bit bum of Leisure Suit Larry, Larry just yeah. going. Bang, 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 yeah. bang, bang, bang. <laughs> there was there was a game that I think I might have mentioned before. It's a great gaming company called Cinemaware, which are, are still in operation, but they um they don't do much anymore. But they made a really great series of games, and one of them was Defender of the Crown. Now. For for those, and I'm sure most people here probably haven't heard of it, but you haven't heard of it, have you? Defender of the Crown? Yeah, yeah, 1986. Okay. Yep. It's Game of Thrones, set in England, right? So it's all about land and you're you're a um you're, you're a king that controls a uh, region and you know, and you gotta raid, choose to raid other um counties or do you partner with them or whatever else, right? Yeah, yeah. But every now and then, three or four times in the game of a full game, you get requests from a princess in a castle and you have to go and fight her fight and get her out. And when you got her out, you had to do all these lame sword fights. Once Did you, you get there and then Once some... you get to the end, they, they do this cut scene and it's this woman and she, uh, princess and she think, how can I repay you? And she, she derobes. Derobes. And all you see is a bit of 8-bit side boob. <laughs> that was her. Mom, I'm busy for five minutes, mom. <laughs> right? That's all I needed, right? Oh, man. And I reckon there is a real market, a real gap in the market for that kind of game now because you we've got, gap. you know, <laughs> I mean, you know. Shocker alert, another spoiler alert, but Pete, I have looked at porn before in my life on the computer. Have you? I have. Uh, Once no or idea twice, what you're right? talking yeah. about. Now, I'd say most virile, red-blooded blokes have, mm-hmm. right? I did it just this morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it now. <laughs> the point being is that if they could integrate, it's got to be a category where you could integrate, even if it's just R-rated stuff, so there's no real gratuitous stuff. It's just, you know, yeah, it's playing strip poker against computer opponents who can talk to you and stuff. It's yeah. not the live stuff, but that really sick stuff that... I don't really get into that, right? You know, you can play actually play live opponents on, on chat rooms and stuff. Now, nah, I just want to play a computer game like that where you can play strip poker against a hot chick <laughs> and get better at poker, have a bit of banter with her, you know. I'm just imagining your the wife dope. listening to this oh, podcast. Yeah. Well, she won't, so I can <laughs> freely say this, right? I'm sending her this podcast. But at this, back to this conference, I was speaking to my, uh, my boss, and that's called him McMeetings, right? McMeetings. And he reckons he, he had his first experience, as a, he's a bit younger than me, he's probably your age actually, on the Amiga 500 in a game called Sex Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> Sex Olympics? And I've got it up here. You play a character called Brad Stallion, and the evil guy's name's <laughs> Dr. Dildo. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get Sex Olympics on the uh, next generation consoles. Come oh, this, on. This is amazing. Sex Olympics. Wow. <laughs> I just like Brad Stallion. Brad Stallion. Brad Stallion. Oh, my God. Oh, that's my new gamer tag. So, <laughs> <laughs> actually, you know, that's a bloody good idea. It's probably um, you know, one of the uh, 5,000 people listening to this podcast have probably taken it by the oh, time we wow, mentioned that. that's amazing. Um, so, it was a big part of my childhood growing up, and it sounds really sick, and it probably was, but... You know, there were all these games that had a little bit of that sex in the game. Yep. And I don't really think of any games now that have that. Like, there's a little bit of full frontal nudity and stuff going on. Like, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Um, there's, there's some... Yeah, see, I haven't played that, that game. So um, right, let me write that down. You know another <laughs> one which is really good for it? God, God of War. War. Um, I think it's God of War 3 where you can, if you want... It's kind of like, you know how in, um, in Fallout 4... 
you know, when you first meet your robot after the nuclear war and you can just keep talking to the robot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in this, you can just keep having sex with the, the, the goddess yeah. that you've, uh, you've ended up in the bedchamber with. Yeah. Right. So okay. like you can just keep, you know, tweaking her nipples and all that. I can't believe like we're talking tips. about this stuff. No, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to leave tips, right? Uh, yeah. I'm going to leave this chat with two points of order. One. I'm going to put up the 8-bit photo that used to get me excited as a 16-year-old on our Facebook page. Okay. So to, to show you young boys and men and, and gamers out there yep. what I used to have when I was 16 years old. I'm a 43-year-old gamer, right? <laughs> Aside from a boner. Well, yeah, that's right. Uh, number two, you know, because, I mean, we say there's no sex in games. Obviously, um, GTA, there's shit loads of it, right? Yeah. But- <laughs> the one, my wife hates gaming anyway, but the one time she walked in on me playing GTA, I was in the car. The strip club? I was in I was in the, I was in the strip club. Yeah, in in a booth getting a lap dance, and there's just two big boobs <laughs> bouncing up and down on the screen, and she just <laughs> goes, I do, "I'll never forget." She just went, "You are a loser," and backed out of the room. <laughs> oh no, it's literally, you know. Oh man, it was like I'll never forget that. So, oh wow. Let, I, I would like to see. I think there's room for a bit of, like a, a Legislative Larry, a, a, a now version of Legislative Larry would be awesome, right? Yeah. And you know what? Like, make it classy. Um, no, make... well, don't make it classy. I mean, okay. that's the whole point. Sorry. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Just walk in there and I'm classy with my wife. I want to be a dirty <laughs> stop out on the game, right? <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it? Like, um, uh, whatever. Um, oh, okay. So that's the, all right. Let's let's see that happen. Let's you know what. But I will put that photo up on on. Um, I will find it. I will find it, and I will put it up on our Facebook page because it is ridiculous how bad the graphics were. <laughs> I can't to get to a sixteen year old boy excited. All right, so let's do retro pick of the week. Okay, All right. sounds good. So every week uh, through our great networks of um, Facebook groups that we've come across, mm. there's a lot of them out there and a lot of really great ones. These are fantastic communities, yep. uh, Dan, that we're getting to know. And you know what? One of my absolute favorites, which we've mentioned the past couple of weeks, is old school retro gaming yep. Australia, yep. Uh, school pre- uh, spelt S-K-O-O-L, right? So the old school retro game zone, and in this segment, we pick one thing that they're selling, we tell you a little bit about the group, we tell you a little bit about what we're selling and, you know, get along and support them because they do great things. There's two and a half thousand members in this one in particular. Um, but today, there's something really awesome. Now, the, the Nintendo Entertainment System Mini Classic. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, less said the better, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got one. I know you did. Right. I saw to, the face, all the, uh, the grin on your face, mate, like the had cat to, that got the cream, mate. Six o'clock in the morning, had to line up a target. Right. What what, what number were you in the line? I was number one. Were you? Yep. I was number I didn't one. Know that. Yeah, yeah. I was number one, right? And then they pushed us out the because somehow we, we managed to gank <laughs> ourselves in like get in the doors. There was a few of us. Man, by the, the place opened at eight, by quarter to seven, there was twenty five of us. And we were all like 30, 35, 40-year-olds. No kids or anything like that. Because everybody wants this this Nintendo Entertainment System Mini. They're going on eBay now for 500 bucks to $1,000. They cost $100 each you know at what? recommended retail. Can I just cut you off here? Shame on every journalist in Perth. There's the host of the number one rating drive show well, on radio station Mix 94.5. Yeah. 
number one in line for for Nest Mini Classic. And nobody wants to talk about it. I I cannot believe it. Anyway, bad luck. The Nest Mini Classic comes preloaded with 30 games, and they're not just 30 crap games. They're 30 great games. They're the Legend of Zelda's. They're, you know, Gradius. There's all the Super Mario Brothers from the Nest and all that sort of stuff. It's HDMI cable as well. So you're not fiddling around with wires that don't work on the on the new TVs. Yep. Um, the only thing is the control pad, which is your your original Nintendo original. control pad too. It's a little bit short, uh, but you can fix that because you can plug in the Wii U controllers and the Wii controllers, uh, right? And you can use them as well. So if you missed out on an extra controller, no big deal. You can still do that. Do you think there's one? And I, I get the fact that it's retro, and I get the fact that it's you know that. But could they have made it wireless at least? Controllers would that have impacted it? I I don't know. They're probably too light. Actually, you'd probably yeah. They could make it wireless. I really, really love the fact that it's a wire. I I really love it. I'm just too short. It's just a little bit short. That's all. Yeah, I get that a lot. Um, I, I just, I love the fact because to me that's retro gaming in a nutshell. Yeah, you would, you would plugged into your console. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, um, one of these as of today, has been thrown up on the Old School Retro Game Zone Australia, mm-hmm. and they're auctioning it off. Uh, and not only are they auctioning it off, they're actually auctioning it off for a good cause as well. So what's going to happen is um, the winning bid, uh, 100% of the money is going to be donated to the Starlight Foundation. Oh, brilliant. For That's kids. awesome. So well done, good Old on. School yes. Retro Game Zone Oz. Absolutely fantastic. Really love it, guys. Love what you're doing there because this is the must-have gaming uh, piece of equipment yep. for Christmas. And Brilliant. now they're actually gone. you know what, let's auction this off and let's do a really good cause for it. And doesn't that give you more impetus? You know, you might pay 900000 bucks for it. You know, you, well, I wouldn't, but m- people would. But knowing it's going to a charity like that, a well, good cause. It's it's fantastic. And as of this point, the leading bid yes. is 350 bucks. Yeah, right. Right. Now, this is from Sinner uh, Hashemi, and uh, he's a real avid uh, retro gamer to the to the point where he actually owns one of the retro gaming shops here in Perth. Ah. Uh, so, if you've heard of... Um, uh, if you've heard of Mad Retro yep. and it goes on railway markets here in WA, yep. that's Sinner and that's his business. And yep. actually, he's got an incredible store. They've got everything that you need uh, in terms of retro gaming equipment, controllers, old pads and everything. Um, they've got Nintendo games, PlayStation, yeah, uh, right. Xbox games, the whole lot. Um, their library of Nintendo Entertainment System games from the 80s is fantastic, all mm-hmm. in boxes too. Mm-hmm. Prices... Uh, you know what? You could probably find them cheaper if you really go looking, but if you want convenience and you want really good customer service, spot on. Mm. I've thrown up on the Game on Australia podcast page as well a picture of all of his inbox mint condition retro gaming consoles that oh, sit behind the cool. counter. These are the ones that he he doesn't sell. Dan, wow. So he's got stuff up there like a Nintendo Entertainment System, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles oh. edition. God, are yeah. you kidding? Like with the, the the box had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on it. Um, some of the pictures of the gameplay, like it's stuff like That's that. Awesome. The guy has a mad passion for this sort of yeah, stuff. Right. So, um, Game Boys and all the rest of it, you can go and check it out. And you can Maybe also you get see him on Monday. With, uh, absolutely, it'd be mm. great. It'd be great to have a chat to you. Um, because mm. I know you listen to the podcast as well, mm. and you can check out the Mad Retro uh, Facebook page as well. So he's throwing three hundred and fifty dollars at this console, and he's not going to take the console. He's just doing it because oh, he's fantastic. like, you know what? It's a great cause. Good on him. And you guys can re-auction the console again. Yep. And we'll be able to make some more money on it. That's so at brilliant. the moment, if you, if you want to check it out, um, it's going to be up until Sunday, 6 p.m. 
Yep, so that's Sunday okay. the 19th. Of Sunday November? the 20th. 20th of November. My birthday. Oh, yeah. Sunday. <laughs> hint, hint. Um, you can go. There's no maximum bid. Uh, you can bid up by a dollar. So if you want to go in there and, and drop 351 to see if you can get it, mm-hmm. by all means, go ahead. Uh, but as of Thursday the 17th at 10 past 1 Western Standard Time when we were recording this. Whoa! What happened? Sinner's just gone over the top of him again. Five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars. As they're talking, what are the odds? Wow! For the Starlight Foundation, amazing, well absolutely done. fantastic, really great, guys. So well done. So uh, he's more saint than sinner. Is that what you're saying? He is. Oh, good one, Dad. That's why they pay me the small to medium bucks. Uh, um, so yeah, get along and check it out. The Mad Retro Facebook page and also Old School Retro Game Zone Australia Facebook page as well if you want to have a look at that. Awesome. And put yourself down a bid. Don't go paying $1,000 to a scalper when you could be putting $1,000 towards a Starlight Foundation. Correct. Well put. All right, Dan. All right. Car. 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 Car means we stop. <laughs> yes. It's been a big one today. Yeah. We've covered off a fair bit. Yeah. Uh, as we mentioned, we're going to put up... All of the 2016 Game Awards nominees on the Game on Australia Facebook page, please go there. Please like the page. There's also a Nest Mini that we're giving away if you haven't been able to get your hands on one. Uh, We're just chasing 10,000 likes on the Facebook page, which is a big ask, I know. But when the Nest Minis are going for 500 bucks to $1,000, you know what. You know what. Help us out here. If you love what you hear, just help us out. Um, Head to iTunes, subscribe. We're getting great five-star ratings from people we don't even know. They're people I haven't even asked to rate us five stars. I know. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's so good. I'll send the checks in the mail uh, tomorrow. That'll be lovely. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's it. Um, As we mentioned, subscribe to the podcast, like the Facebook page. We'll do everything else that we've said that we're going to do. And as we always say, Dan, do not forget to save.